Welcome to Dinosaur George Kids, a show for anyone who loves dinosaurs. Dinosaur George has studied paleontology for over 50 years and has performed live to over 4 million students across the world. So sit back and enjoy today's show. Now, here's Dinosaur George. Hey there, future paleontologists! How are all my little friends doing today? I'm Dinosaur George, and I am so, so, so glad to be back in my studio recording another podcast. So many of you have written to me and wondered about why I haven't done a podcast in quite a while. It is simply because I have been working on this new museum exhibit. Uh, here in San Antonio, Texas. And I've been working, oh, day and night, setting up all of the exhibit pieces and making the signs and and then uh, putting in all the merchandise in the gift shop. So it was so much work. But I am thrilled to say that we are done. So now, if you're ever in or around San Antonio, Texas... That exhibit is open only on the weekends, Saturdays and Sundays, and we're located at a place called Trader's Village. If you go online and you Google Trader's Village, now there's one in Dallas, there's one in Houston, and there's one in San Antonio. So my museum is in the one in San Antonio. So if you're coming, um, I, I can't be there every single day, both Saturday and Sundays, because I, I speak at other places, but I'm going to be there as often as I can. And I hope that you get to come see the exhibit. I've got some cool pieces in there and I hope I get to meet you in person. That would be a lot of fun for me. So that's what I've been doing with all of my time. I have been just crazy busy and I've missed doing these podcasts. So I'm so glad that uh, I'm back in here doing this one today couple of things to let you know about. First of all, we have now had over 45,000 people download my podcast and listen to it. And now we are listened to in 83 countries across the world. I remember when we were listened to in 20 and I was so excited. Now 83 countries and the top 10 has changed a little bit. There's been some people that have moved up in the top 10. So uh, let's look at uh, the top 10s countries. First of all, at number 10, India. Now we've never had India in the top 10. So for all of you in India, thank you so much for listening to my podcast. You have helped you guys jump up to the number 10 spot. At number nine is South Africa. Now they were number nine the last time. So they stayed the same. Uh, Japan sits at number eight and Japan was at number eight the last time I did this. So good for you. Ireland, where my mother's family came from, you've stayed at number seven for two weeks in a row or two podcasts in a row. At number six, it's now Germany. Germany was at number five, but they got passed by New Zealand. 
who is at the number five spot. So New Zealand went from number six to number five, and Germany went from number five to number six. Then at number four is Australia. They've always been number four. Number three is the United Kingdom. Number two is Canada. And number one is the United States. But you have to remember, to be fair, there's a lot more people in the United States, Canada, and the United Kingdom than some of these other countries. So if your country was on the top 10 list, and even if it's not on the top 10 list, it's nothing to be upset about. It just means that some other countries have more people, so there would be more listeners. I want to give a couple of shout-outs to some schools. I, I do, uh, of course, you all know that I do virtual lessons online for schools and for people all over the world. So here's a couple of shout-outs. Lakeview Elementary in Little Elm, Texas. Timberwood Park Elementary in San Antonio, Texas. Timber Wild Elementary in San Antonio, Texas. Blue Hayes Elementary in Frisco, Texas. Anything Library in Brighton, Colorado. That one was fun. Idea College Prep School in Elsa, Texas. Now with them, we took our whole traveling museum to them. We we have a I have a traveling museum, and of course I have now my other museum, the one you could come visit me. But the traveling museum goes around to schools all over the country, so we were there with our traveling museum. And then Twin City Elementary in Attenwood, Washington, Union Park Elementary in Aubrey, Texas, Los Feliz Elementary, uh, Los Feliz Elementary in Los Angeles, California. And boy, do I like those folks. What a great school. What a great PTA. Absolutely wonderful people. And then finally, I spoke to the students at Rooster Springs Elementary in Dripping Springs, Texas. And the teacher there happens to be a very good friend of mine. Her dad and I are business partners on some things. And so uh, there's a special shout out to all of those schools that I did. So if you go to school there, I hope you enjoyed. I hope you enjoyed my lessons. All right. Uh, a couple of other bits of information I wanted to tell you with the uh, museum. I told you about the museum, but also my new website catalog. You can go to dinosaurgeorge.com. We've added a bunch of new dinosaur toys and t-shirts and you can go there and we ship all over the world now. So uh, I hope you go to the, to the website and check it out and hope, I hope you find something that you like. All right. Let me answer a couple of questions from some of my Patreon club members. We're going to start with uh, Callan, IDG. We know you had a ton of questions on the lessons just now. Oh, they were talking. This was talking about, we just did a, we just did a, I, I did a lesson for the P uh, for the Patreon club members. I, I know you had a lot of questions on the lessons just now and couldn't get them all in, but Kalinosaurus, what a great name, wanted to know what's my favorite dinosaur in the Triassic period. Kalinosaurus's favorite part of the lesson was learning about the size of the crater. So if you are a Patreon club member, we do lessons every month. And the one that Kalinosaurus is talking about, and here's one of the cool things. If you join the Patreon club, you can give yourself a nickname. So Kalin became Kalinosaurus. Love that. Kalinosaurus, the lesson that we were talking about is I was teaching about extinction, why so many animals died. And so what Kalinosaurus was, is he liked the part when he found out just how big the crater was from the asteroid that hit the earth at the end of the age of dinosaurs. So my favorite dinosaur of the Triassic period, that's got to be Herrerasaurus. 
I think Herrerasaurus because he's big. He's got really big, powerful teeth. So, Callan, I would say Herrerasaurus would be my favorite Triassic dinosaur. Okay, uh, then J.W. Thomas, this is um, J.W.'s great friend, said, Hey, G, I never really considered this, but could Mosasaurs, like Tylosaurus, hunt and travel in groups, or were they mostly territorial and solitary predators? Great, great question, J.W., This is a tough one because in the ocean, if you, um, if you, you die in the ocean, so many things can happen to you. So many things can happen to you. Like for instance, um, uh, predators, scavengers picking your bones to pieces. The current can move you. And the reason why I say this JW is the only way we would know if they hunted in groups is if a bunch of them died together and were found together. But even if they died together, the water moves them so much more easily. If you have a group of dinosaurs and they die, then more than likely their bodies are going to be kept together unless they're in sort of a massive flood. So it's more likely that you can find a group of land animals, terrestrial animals together instead of in the water. Cause in the water, their bodies could float for miles and miles and miles. So there's no way at this point to know if in fact they were a group hunters, but modern animals are a window into the past. And that means that we can look at living animals and help us understand what prehistoric animals were like. Look at hyenas, look at lions, look at wolves, look at uh, uh, wild dogs. They hunt in groups because it makes them more successful. So if, if we look at the sea creatures, look at black tip sharks, look at hammerheads. Yes, they can hunt by themselves, but they also will hunt cooperatively. They will hunt in a group that increases their chances of success. So look at Komodo dragons. Now, here's the animals that definitely would hunt together, not that they're working cooperatively, but it is more likely one of them will be able to kill something. And then they, of course, all go in and eat it together. So if you look at the number of animals, JW, that are alive today that hunt cooperatively, it would certainly be possible. It would certainly be possible that Mosasaurs hunted together. They would be more successful. They would be able to to catch more prey because one animal chasing another, if the other animal gets away from you, that's it. But if you're in a group, you have a better chance. But nobody in my, this is, I've, I've had my business for 23 years and no one in 23 years has ever asked me that question. And that's a great question, JW. That's really, that's a good question. Okay. So I'll get back to answering some questions in a minute, but right now I want to jump over to the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group page. And if you would like to join, and I hope you do, here is where you can send me questions and pictures. So I'm just going to go down and read these. Now, this is one from Megan who posted uh, yesterday, I think, has there been an episode since April the 20th? Because that's the last time I posted a podcast. So, Megan, like so many people, uh, they wanted to know. So, Megan, I'm going to dedicate this one to you. I'll dedicate this to your family since you were so nice to ask. 
And again, I apologize that I haven't been putting out podcasts as quickly as I like, but that's because I have been working on the museum. But now that it's done, I can get back to that. Okay, let's keep going. Let's see. Um, 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 what else do we have? Oh, now this one's great. This is from Hunter, age four. Hi, Dinosaur George. Thank you so much for the shout out on your last podcast. I was so excited to hear my name that my mom had to pull the car over. Well, good for you, Hunter, and good for mom for being a careful driver. But of course, mom was a careful driver because she had the most important cargo that a mom can take. And that was you. So, um, Hunter said, I did a show and tell on that day with my homeschool group and I showed my Raptor toy. I even used your term slash and dash to describe how they hunt. My mom and dad were really proud of me. Well, Hunter, add me to your mom and dad list for being so proud of you. I watched your video. I listened to your presentation and it was absolutely perfect. I am so proud of you. And uh, maybe you should start your own podcast because you were an excellent speaker. Good job, Hunter. Okay, this one is from Jennifer. Uh, this is from Jennifer's son, Eli. Hi, I wanted to show you the picture I took of the scene that I made of dinosaurs. This is great. Eli. Eli took his dinosaurs and set them up in a, in a neat scene. And I love this. And this is why I want you all to, to join the Dinosaur George Kids group on Facebook, because I love to see these pictures. Eli's got these dinosaurs lined up, and I see a bunch. I see T-Rex and Brachiosaurus and Raptor and Triceratops and Pteranodon and Ankylosaurus and another looks like a Utah Raptor. This is really great. Thank you for sending that to me. That was so cool. Okay, ah, my little buddy Midhod. Midhod uh, did his project from the previous episode. Now, when I do podcasts, sometimes I give everybody a project, something I want you to do. And so my little buddy Midhod went ahead and drew an awesome picture and then put his dinosaurs into a scene. And he says, please visit Germany. Well, my little friend, I will try my best one day to get to Germany. But if I do, then your dad has to be the driver and you guys have to be my tour guides and show me around your community. Because if I'm coming to Germany, I'm coming to look at everything. Plus, I want to see your dinosaurs. Great scene. Thank you for sending that. That was so cool. Now, Elias sent me another picture. And Elias wanted to share this picture he took of the who would win scene. Now he created a who would win. I like this a lot. It looks like Tyrannosaurus Rex versus Ankylosaurus, but he set these toys up outside and has a great picture of them. Very good. Thank you very much, Eli, for sending those. I really like that a lot. All right. Uh, and this is from my friend, David said, our crew made sure we got pictures with dinosaurs to send me. This is so nice. Gray, Alston, Cameron, and Preston all listen to the podcast every night. Well, Gray, Alston, Cameron, Preston, here's your shout out, boys. Here is your shout out. Oh, girl and girl. Sorry about that. I missed that. So there is your shout out, everybody. I hope you all enjoy today's podcast. 
Oh, uh, this is excellent. So let's see. Need to do a great uh, group Patreon member for them. Yeah, you know what? Uh, all you need to do is just sign up for one, and they can all participate in everything we do. So yeah, I hope you guys become a Patreon member. That would be cool. Um, let's see. The last picture, because they sent me great pictures, and these are really good. These are great. It looks like, who is that guy? Okay, first of all, why do you kids have your hand and your mouth inside or head inside the mouth of a dinosaur? That thing is going to eat you. Okay, now a triceratops is eating you. I'm just flipping through these pages. These are great. Whoa, Spinosaurus. That's a really good one, too. That's real. Oh, I absolutely love these pictures. These are great. Boy, this is really neat. That's really, really neat. And it said, let's see, the last picture is from Olsen, who is learning to read one of our dinosaur books and recognized Allosaurus as my favorite and wanted a picture to send with you. Well, thank you very much. That is so kind of you for doing that. This is absolutely great. Now, they were in the Greensboro Science Center in North Carolina, in Greensboro, North Carolina. Wow. David, you you and your family also need to visit. There is a, a museum in North Carolina. I can't remember the city it's in, but it is a, they have whales in it. They have fossils in it. It's, it's an incredible museum. Oh, I wish I could remember the name. Uh, you know what? It's, it's, it's the biggest natural history museum in North Carolina. So you've got to go there too. Kids, for all of you guys, for uh, Gray, Alston, Cameron, and Preston, thank all of you, you three boys and your, your, your little shrimposaurus girl with you. Thank you all so much for listening. And here's your shout out for all of you. Okay, let's keep going down. Oh, no, this is great. Hi, Dinosaur George. My name is Annalise, and I just turned seven. For my birthday, I was given a membership to the Raptor Club. Oh, and she enjoyed her first lesson on prehistoric insects. I'm so glad, Annalise. I'm so glad you're a member of the Patreon Club. And what a nice birthday gift. That's so cool. So Annalise said, I wanted to share a picture of the Brachiosaurus pinata that my mom made and I made for my birthday. I love listening to your podcast and learning about dinosaurs. Thanks for all you do. Well, Annalise, first, you have an incredibly beautiful name. And second of all, that is an awesome Brachiosaurus. Why are you holding a stick? And how come your Brachiosaurus is filled with candy and goodies? Uh, if I was there, I would be swinging that stick like crazy, trying to get to the goodies inside. That is the coolest pinata I've ever seen. Happy birthday to you. I know it's a little late, but happy birthday to you. I'm so glad that you're a member of our Patreon group, and I look forward to seeing you for our next lessons. All right. Uh, let's see. I think it's pronounced Kyan. I think that's how, because let me tell you why. There was a young boy that I knew that lived close to me, and he and his mom pronounced it Sian. But I think it's Kyan, and I think it is um, Irish, right? Okay, I, I hope it's Irish name. I think it is. But if I mispronounced it, Kyan, please do not be upset with me. I'm so sorry. But Kyan wanted to show me his drawing of T-Rex and Brachiosaurus. Oh, I love your colors. I love because blue is my favorite color. And look at the size of your T-Rex. I hope that Brachiosaurus makes a run for it. So, Kyan, here is your shout-out. Great picture, buddy. I'm so proud of you. 
Okay, then Valerie drew a picture of Carnotaurus and Felix made his Giganotosaurus versus his tiny meat-eating dinosaur scene. These are great pictures. These are great. I absolutely, uh, Valerie, I love your Carnotaurus. And Felix, I love that battle. I don't know who's going to win, Felix. I don't know who's going to win. But I would be afraid of that big T-Rex versus everybody else. But those are great. And thank you for posting them. That's so cool. And so now, uh, let's see, uh, Kay's son, she posted that she wanted everybody to see her son's dinosaurs. Uh, Zachary, Zachary, I love, love, love your dinosaurs. I see a Pachycephalosaurus, a Deinonychus, a Velociraptor, a big, huge Bronto, a Triceratops, Dilophosaurus, Spinosaurus, Oh, you have got, and you even have an Allosaurus, and that's my favorite. And of course, the king of the dinosaurs, Tyrannosaurus Rex. And then I see a new kind of dinosaur. I think it's called Zachariosaurus Rex. Zachary, thank you for posting your pictures. Those are absolutely awesome. All right. This is from, uh, let's see, uh, Ozzy. Now, his name is James, but they call him Ozzy. Morning, Dinosaur George. Huge fans and so glad we became T-Rex members. That is awesome. I'm so glad you guys are members of the Patreon Club. Our son, Jameson, we call him Ozzy, told me I had to show you his Tyrannosaurus Rex police dinosaur. Now that's cool. It's affectionately known as a Coposaurus in our house. It's his favorite dinosaur this week. <laughs> Here it is pulling over his dino truck. Okay. I have never seen a Coposaurus before, but this is so crazy cool. This is awesome. Ozzy, I absolutely love this. And if I ever get a ticket, I hope it's from... No, wait a minute. Let me rethink that. If it's a Coposaurus, it might eat me. But I still want to see a Coposaurus. Thank you so much, Ozzy, for posting this. I really like that a lot. And then Gideon says, Giganotosaurus versus Gigantosaurus. Now, this is brilliant. This is brilliant. Gideon, how smart of you. Giganotosaurus and Gigantosaurus are two different things. Giganotosaurus is the carnivore. Gigantosaurus is an herbivore. And here, Gideon drew them together. This is absolutely brilliant. I am so proud of you, Gideon. So glad to see that. That was great. All right. Oh, and get this. Kyan posted another picture with his T-Rex model, and he's got the scariest dinosaur face I've ever seen. He looks like a dinosaur. This is such a great picture, little buddy. I love that very, very much. All right. Let's see. This is from Miss Amy. It's us again. We are in Texas and are hoping to know of places to go fossil hunting. Can you please suggest some places that we can dig in the rocks? Well, okay, first of all, those dinosaur hands and that dinosaur head are the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. Amy, if you will send us a message through the Dinosaur George Kids page, tell me what part of Texas you're in. Of course, you sent this several days ago. You may not be here anymore, and I'm so sorry that it's taken me so long to answer but let me tell you this, and let me tell you all this. There is a book called The Roadside Guide 
to geology. And there's one, I think, for every state. So if you Google Texas Roadside Guide to Geology, those books tell you places all over the state where you can find rocks and fossils. So you should try to buy that because that's a great book. Okay, let's keep going. Uh, Here, Dinosaur Gideon sent me Carnotaurus eating its breakfast. All right, there is a pterodactyl flying over Carnotaurus. Carnotaurus has long legs. Good job. It's got short arms. Good job. It's got big horns. Good job, Gideon. I don't know what it ate, but he colored it red like blood. This is a great drawing, Gideon. Thank you for sending it, buddy, and I appreciate that. All right, Xavier wanted to show everybody the T-Rex he made with Duplo box. The little Legos stayed downstairs to save mom's feet. (laughs) I understand exactly what you're talking about, mom. And listen, I love that T-Rex. That's great, Xavier. That's absolutely great. I love that T-Rex. And I like that you have your little T-Rex fingers up in this picture. What a great job, buddy. What a great, great job. Okay, let's see. Uh, Lucius is absolutely in love with learning your offering dinosaur, George, offerings, dinosaur George. Thank you so much. She wanted to share some drawings she did this week. Oh, now you may say Lucia or Lucia, but I think it's Lucia. I'm going to say Lucia. And again, if I'm incorrect, mom or dad, whoever sent this, it, you can post how to pronounce her name to make sure I get it right because that's very important when you're young. So I want you to know, Lucia, I'm going to, I'm going to try to pronounce your name right. So you drew a Utah Raptor and I love those claws. And that is the scariest look on its face. That's a scary one. And then the refrigerator is covered with dinosaurs. I see a Brachiosaurus and Kylosaurus, a volcano. I see, it looks like a sea turtle. These are great, great draw. Ooh, it looks like a shark too. Ooh. I don't want to get in that water. These are great. Thank you guys for sending those. What a great job, honey. I'm so proud of you. All right. Uh, Let's see. Keep going. Uh, Let's go with. um, 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 um. Here, Sawyer and Grady wanted to share their picture of Brachiosaurus and Giganotosaurus. Thanks for all your podcasts. We enjoy them. Thank you, Lisa, for listening and Sawyer and Grady. Here's your shout out. I hope you guys enjoy it. And I love your pictures. Grady, I love, love, love the colors you use for your Brachiosaurus. I love it. And Sawyer, I love your shoe. And you've got a predator moving in, Sawyer. You might want to tell that Brachio he may want to get out of there. But that's super crazy cool. Next, Benjamin, age seven, uh, my dinosaur enthusiast from Lone Tree, Colorado, Wanted to share this drawing of Dinosaur George with boxing gloves versus Cryolophosaurus. Okay, I'm glad you put this last part in, Benjamin, because you said I win. Thank you for letting me win a fight against a Cryolophosaurus. Thank you, and I'm glad I'm wearing boxing gloves. So I won, so I'm glad to hear that. Ben, that's a great picture, and thank you for sending that. Then Reed, who is a huge fan of the podcast, he is so excited to listen to to new episode to the new episode tonight and is also excited to learn about triceratops soon. Well, Reed, I'm going to make triceratops the different, the next one after this one today, I'll make triceratops cause I love triceratops. So I'll make it. I love this scene you set up. 
I really like how you built a wall to keep them in, or maybe you built it to keep them out. Maybe they were sneaking into the kitchen and eating everybody's dinner. So these look great. I can recognize Triceratops and I see Stegosaurus and you've got all kinds of amazing dinosaurs. That is great. And then Joel from Liberty Hill, Texas. You know, my little brother used to live in Liberty Hill, Texas. He loves to listen to the podcast and play with his dinosaurs and put them in different battles. Nice. Very nice. Today's battle was really different. Dinosaurs versus superheroes. And dinosaurs won, of course. Well, they have to win. So here I see dinosaurs getting ready to fight Iron Man, Spider-Man. Oh, it's you've even got a Ninja Turtle and it looks like a Transformer. So your dinosaurs are lined up for the battle. I love that you made the dinosaurs win. Good job. I'm so proud of you, Joel. That's great. Great work. Then Peyton, age six and a half from Kansas City, wanted to tell you this is a Tyrannosaurus Rex and it's going to eat you. Wait a minute. You rotten little kid. Did you? Is that me? Peyton, you little stinker. Why are you putting me in the same picture with the Tyrannosaurus Rex? It's going to eat me. And I'm even screaming help. You little stinker. I can't, but you, I'm going to get you. That was hilarious. That was great. Thank you, Peyton. I love that very much. And my little friend Utred completed his Giganotosaurus episode assignment by drawing a meat eater versus a plant eater. This is great. Giganotosaurus versus a baby Brachiosaurus. Great. What a great drawing. Utred, you always do such a great drawing. You do such good work. And I'm so proud of you. I am so, so proud of you. That's great work. All right. And then JW had sent a recommendation that we needed to do a Triceratops. So for JW, I am going to do Triceratops after this next one. All right, my friends. So that was visiting the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group. Now we're going to take a short break. I'm going to play a short commercial. And when I come back, we will do our feature creatures. Now you can bring Dinosaur George into your classroom, home, or facility anywhere in the world with our virtual lessons. We offer over 15 different topics, including dinosaurs, prehistoric mammals, rocks and minerals, and more. Any age, any location, and any time zone. Visit us at DinosaurGeorge.com. It's time for our feature creature segment. If you would like to suggest a creature, go to the Dinosaur George Kids podcast page at DinosaurGeorge.com or post your suggestion on the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group page. Now, here is your feature creature. All right, today's feature creature is a dinosaur that I fell in love with. Uh, Back in 2007, I hosted and created and wrote or co-created and wrote a television show called Jurassic Fight Club. And during it, my job was to come up with battling animals. And I chose Gastonia, today's creature feature. I'm sorry, feature creature, creature feature, feature creature. Gastonia is a little cousin of Ankylosaurus. It is an armored dinosaur that has spikes and pointy things all over it. Well, I fell in love with Gastonia 
And then my my little bro, Zachary, recommended we do a Gastonia for a today's show. So we're doing it. So let me tell you, Gastonia, what the name means. The man, well, they named this dinosaur after the guy that found the first bones. His name was Robert Gaston. He's a friend of mine. He's a very nice guy. And I was so glad that they named a dinosaur after him because that's a big honor. So Gastonia simply means in honor of Robert Gaston. That's where the name came from. So Gastonia. Now, this is a dinosaur that's about five meters long. That means a little over 16 feet. That's probably longer than your car. It weighed nearly two tons. That's 4,000 pounds. It may have been small, but it was unbelievably heavy. It was discovered, and they're only known from Utah. It lived in the early Cretaceous period, which is anywhere between 139 and 125 million years ago. It is a quadruped, and that means it walks on four legs all the time. And it is an herbivore. It eats plants. Now, what makes Gastonia so amazing is all of the body armor. First of all, the top of its head is armored. Then it has spikes that stuck out all over its neck and its back. Its hip bones are covered with a big shield that lays flat on the hips. It almost looks like if you took a Triceratops frill, but you laid it over his hip bones. It doesn't point up. It covers its hips. Those hips are very, very well protected. And it has spikes on its back and its side. And then all the way down the sides of its tail, it has pointy spikes. When this dinosaur was under attack, it could swing its tail from side to side and nothing, nothing is going to get around this dinosaur. He's too well protected. Now, a lot of times with ankylosaurs, you don't find very many of them together. But Gastonia, they have found lots of them together. They actually live in family groups. And that makes them a little different. That makes them a little different from other ankylosaurs. Big ankylosaurs like Euoplocephalus and Ankylosaurus, Cycania, those guys are almost always found by themselves. They're sort of like rhinos today. Rhinoceroses today don't like to live in herds. Rhinoceroses like to spend their time alone. And that's what ankylosaurs did. But Gastonias preferred to live in family groups. At least that's what the evidence suggests. And that makes them different from all other ankylosaurs. So why did they live together? Well, they're certainly very well protected. They've got so many weapons. I don't think they had to worry about many predators. So maybe they lived together because it made them even more safe. I just don't know. I don't know. But here's the confusing thing. See, when you find lots of different uh, of the same animal together, like a group of Gastonia, they all died together at the same time. That's why they're buried. Well, that can be a little tricky because you might look at it and go, aha, all of these animals live together. But what if 
only once a year, they all came together so they could find a mate, a boyfriend or a girlfriend. What if that just happened to be when they got covered in this flood because they got caught in a flood? That's how they all died together. So it might be that they did live their life by themselves, but once a year when they needed to find a a girlfriend or a boyfriend, because you have to have mom and dad to have a baby, they Maybe they came together for that, and that's what happened. Fossils can be tricky. Fossils can be tricky. So we don't know for sure. We just know that when these animals died, they were all together when it happened. That suggests that they lived together. Now, that's great that we found groups together because you can find all, you could put a bunch of them together. Now, when you put together the bones of a dinosaur, It's pretty easy. We know which leg is the right leg, which leg is the left leg. We know which arm is the right, which arm is the left. We know how the backbones go together. We know how the ribs go together. We can put their skeletons together pretty easily. But what we don't know is how those spikes all over its back, we don't know how many there were and where they were. Because those spikes are not connected to the bone. Those spikes are connected to the skin. And when the dinosaur died, those spikes fell off. And because there was a group of them found together, we don't know whose spike is whose. So scientists have to guess at the spikes on the back of Gastonia. They don't know where they fit. They don't know how they look. They don't even know how many were there. The greatest thing about paleontology is we get to make guesses about things that we don't know. We can guess where the spikes went. We can guess where they fit, but we cannot say for sure. So in the case of Gastonia, we know it had lots of spikes, lots of scoots. We call them scoots. You can call them a dermal plate, but a scoot is a piece of bone that's connected in the skin, not it's, it's like it's not connected to the skeleton. Do you know your fingernails are not connected to your skeleton? They're not connected to your bone. The fingernails stay in place because the skin holds them there. So it's kind of the same way with Gastonia and all ankylosauruses. Those are connected to the skin. So all I can tell you is that if a dinosaur attacked Gastonia, it has a bunch of weapons especially those spiky ones on its tail. When they swing that tail from side to side, it's like a chainsaw. It could cut through anything. The only predator that this dinosaur had to worry about was probably Utah Raptor, because he's found with this guy. We know Utah Raptor lived with Gastonia. We know that because we find them together. But Gastonias, they find so many Gastonias. What that suggests is that Utah Raptors weren't very successful in killing them because there were so many of them. So I think that Gastonia is perfectly designed to protect itself from Utah Raptor attack. Utah Raptor can't attack its head because its head is covered in body armor. Utah Raptor can't jump on its back because those spines are sticking up everywhere. Would you want to jump on a porcupine? Uh, I would not want to jump on a porcupine. 
It couldn't attack its hip bones because of that big plate, that big plate of bone that protected the hips. And you better stay away from the tail because it's got that little chainsaw tail. It could wiggle. And when that tail is whipping around, don't get close. The only place you could attack Gastonia was his neck and his tummy. But remember at the beginning when I said it weighed 4,000 pounds? No Gastonia would be strong enough to flip over a 4,000-pound dinosaur. So all Gastonia had to do when danger approached is just squat down to the ground. So Utah Raptor can't even reach underneath him. And here's another thing. I think if Gastonia had babies, the babies would probably stay under mom's tummy when she walked for protection. And if a deadly meat eater came, mom would kind of squat down to protect the babies. Now the babies wouldn't get crushed because mom wouldn't put all of her weight. She'd still be using her legs and her, and her arms to support her weight. But by, by lowering herself to the ground, she would protect it. So here is today's lesson. Here's today's um, job. Here's your homework. I would like for you to draw a picture of a Gastonia or an Ankylosaurus with babies standing under her while mom is walking. And if you have toys of your Ankylosaurus, if you have a little Ankylosaur, put it under the tummy of a big one and then put a big meat eater so it looks like the meat eater is trying to attack. So that's today's project. Draw a picture of an ankylosaur. It doesn't have to be Gastonia. It can be anyone that you want. Ankylosaurs are those dinosaurs that have clubs on their tail. Some of them have straight tails, but they're kind of built like an army tank. So draw a picture of an ankylosaur with babies underneath it for protection, with a meat eater trying to get close. Or if you have ankylosaur toys, I want to see a picture of your ankylosaur toys. You can set up any scene you want. If you do that, I want you to go to the Dinosaur George Jr. Facebook page and post your pictures there. And then I'll give you a shout out the next time I do another podcast. So that, my friends, is Gastonia. Here's the last thing I want to mention about Gastonia before I forget. What I want to know about Gastonia is could Gastonia or any ankylosaur swim? If he weighs 4,000 pounds, would he sink when he walked into the water? Could it hold its breath and walk underwater until it comes out on the other side of the river? Or is it possible that it floated? It would take a breath full of air, fill up its lungs, and float across like a boat. That's a mystery. I do not know the answer, but I will say this. All dinosaurs have to be able to swim. They may not be good swimmers, but they have to be able to swim because when it's flooding or if they're migrating, going to a new spot, they're always going to have to cross water sometime. They have to swim. So all dinosaurs, in my opinion, could swim. I just don't know how Gastonia, wouldn't it look cool if he kind of floated and all you saw is wiggling his tail from side to side, like a little propeller on a boat. And you saw this 
half round shaped shell with all the spikes sticking up and his little head above water and he's swimming at you. He looks like a little submarine coming at you. That'd be kind of cool. All right. It is time to ask some questions. Do you have any questions about dinosaurs? Just ask Dinosaur George. You can post your questions on the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook page or click on the Dinosaur George podcast page at dinosaurgeorge.com. Questions are chosen at random and you can submit as many as you want. And now, here's Dinosaur George. All right, this first question comes from Oliver, age six, from Sydney, Australia. How fast can Gallimimus run? Good question, Oliver. It's very difficult to estimate the speed of an animal when all we have are their bones. Now, scientists can do a lot of stuff to help us get a good idea. They can, they can measure the length of its legs. They can compare dinosaurs to birds and they can use a bird to help us estimate like an ostrich. How fast can an ostrich run? And then they'll compare the ostrich's legs to the uh, uh, Gallimimus's legs to see how close they are in size. The fast, the estimates that I've seen are anywhere between 40 to 60 miles per hour. I don't know what that is. Kilometers per hour. I'm sorry, Oliver. I didn't, I don't have a, a conversion chart in front of me. But you can look it up, Oliver. Ask mom or dad or you to go online and look for a conversion from miles per hour to kilometers per hour. Because I think you use kilometers in Australia. I think you do. So you can see it then. But I would say they, they, may, have been, they may have been capable of running maybe 60 miles an hour. That's crazy, but that's fast. All right. Uh, Meta, age 10 from Frisco, Texas. Hi, Dinosaur George. I love the virtual lesson you did with our school today. Oh, that's very kind of you. Thank you, buddy. Um, my question is, why did you choose learning about animals, fossils, and other good stuff over being a doctor, a firefighter, or any other job? Thanks for coming to our school today. Lots and lots of warm virtual hugs. Meta. Well, thank you very much. That's very kind of you. Why did I choose fossils over uh, a job like some of the jobs you mentioned? Well. I used to have a different job than I do now. I worked for a big company and I wore a suit and tie six days a week. And I traveled all the time, hundreds of trips a year. I traveled to stores that I oversaw. I just didn't enjoy that work. I liked dinosaurs. So one day I decided I was going to open my own store and that's what I did. And I'm so glad you enjoyed the lesson. Thank you for the warm virtual hugs. That's very kind of you. Okay, Joel, age eight from Washington State. Hi, Dinosaur George. Would you please do a podcast on Giganotosaurus? My birthday was March 30th. Can I get a happy birthday message on your podcast? Thank you for your podcast. I listen to every episode several times. Well, Joel, or you might pronounce it Joel. I can't believe that. Hey, wait a minute. Wait, I didn't answer this in the last podcast, did I? No, I don't think I did. Uh, no. Okay, I am only saying this, Joel, because I did a podcast on Giganotosaurus, and your question was handed to me that day. 
but I don't think I was able to answer the Ask Dinosaur George questions on the Giganotosaurus. Because, Joel, I was going to wish you a happy birthday on the day you sent this to me. So I'm so sorry if I didn't. So I'm sorry, Joel, that I'm so late. But not only are you going to get a happy birthday shout out, I am going to bring up a Tyrannosaurus Rex skull to this microphone and it's going to sing happy birthday to you. Now, uh, Joel, I seriously am holding, I am actually holding a Tyrannosaurus Rex baby skull up to the microphone. So it's going to sing happy birthday to you. Here we go. Happy birthday to you. I'm going to eat you. Wait, what did you just say? All right, let's try that again. I'm sorry, Joel. Let's sing again. Here we go. Now behave yourself. Here we go. Happy birthday to you. I'm going to eat you. Did you just say you're going to eat Joel? Okay. We're going to try this one more time, Joel. I'm very sorry about this, but Tyrannosaurus Rex keeps saying he's going to eat you. Let's try it one more time, and you better do it right. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to... I'm going to eat Joel. I'm going to... Okay, that's it. Get out of here. Happy birthday, Joel. (laughs) All right, Marouche, age 10, years old from Texas. I love dinosaurs and so do my brothers. I just wanted to say I love you and what you do and hi. Marouche, what a very polite and kind thing to do. You need to go tell your parents, thank you for raising you with such good manners. I am so proud of you for being so polite. So you make sure and tell your mom and dad and your family, I said thank you for having such a fine child. All right, Stephanie. Seventy says, my kids, James and Iris, James and Iris love your podcast. They love to listen and draw pictures for Dinosaur George. Do you have a mailing address where we can send some of their artwork? If you go, Stephanie, if you go to our website, dinosaurgeorge.com, I think under the contact us button, there is my business address. And if you want to send some of your drawings, you can send them to our business address it's in New Braunfels, Texas. So you, you'll you see the address at the bottom of the page and they will get to me. I promise they'll get to me. For James and Iris, Iris, I hope that you guys enjoy this podcast because here is your special shout out. I'm going to bring up a baby T-Rex. I'm going to eat James and Iris. All right, that's it. This thing. What is going on with this baby T-Rex trying to eat everybody? It's crazy. (laughs) All right. Finally, hi, DG. I'm Logan, and I live in Glasgow, Scotland. Love your country. I love listening to your podcast tonight and want to know what time did Irritator live, and could you do a podcast on Kulasukas? Great suggestion, Logan. Great suggestion, my little friend. Kulasukas is an amazing animal, and that's great. Irritator. Okay. I don't want to mess this up. I think Irritator is mid-Cretaceous. I don't think he's late Cretaceous. I think Irritator is mid-Cretaceous. Oh my gosh, I hope I'm right with that, buddy. If I'm wrong, you need to write me back and tell me, hey, uh, sir, I believe you have made a horrible mistake. And if you say that to me, 
I'm going to get this baby dinosaur up here to sing a song for you, and you know what it's going to say. <laughs> All right. <laughs> now, listen, because I've not been home in such a long time, because I've been working on the museum, I was not able to interview any of my T-Rex club members. But I promise all of you T-Rex Club members, I promise you all, I am going to start doing those interviews. And for any of you that would like to join the Tyrannosaurus Rex Club, your name gets put on a wheel and I spin the wheel and it picks whoever wins. And whoever wins that particular day, I do a podcast interview with them. I wasn't able to do any, so I don't have one for this lesson. So we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we are going to do the who would win this break is going to be about our patreon club i hope you will consider joining the patreon club there's three levels the triceratops level that cost one dollar a month the raptor club level that costs five dollars a month but when you join it we send you a five dollar raptor claw so right away you get a raptor claw for the same amount you paid for the first month And then there's the Tyrannosaurus Rex Club. That's $10 a month. But the difference between the three clubs, a Triceratops member gets one free lesson each month. And I record the lesson so that if you don't get to be live with us, you can watch it when you want. Now, if you were to hire me to do a lesson, it costs $200. But if you are a Triceratops member, it would cost you $12 a year to get the same thing. It would cost you $12 to hear my lesson. It would cost you $200 for each time you heard my lesson. So it's a very good deal. The Raptor Club is $5 a month. And the Raptor Club, you get two live lessons each month. And you get 8% discount off of anything you buy in the gift shop online or at my museum and you get behind the scenes information. And then the ultimate club is the Tyrannosaurus club. Now this is $10 a month and $10 is a lot of money, but for that you get two live lessons a month. You get a free T-Rex tooth and a free Raptor claw replica. When you first sign up, your name is chosen to be interviewed and you get to pick the who would win challenges. So I hope you guys will consider because Patreon helps me do more of the stuff that I'm doing for you. So let's do a short uh, thing on Patreon. And when we come back, it's going to be the who would win. Become a member of the Dinosaur George Patreon Club and join the fun. We offer different club levels, each with their own set of benefits. Private lessons, new discoveries, behind-the-scene access, and much more are all part of being a club member. Visit DinosaurGeorge.com and sign up today. Who would win? What if two different prehistoric creatures fought? Who would win? T-Rex versus a giant wolf? Raptor versus Terror Bird? Spinosaurus versus Triceratops. You choose the animals, and Dinosaur George will size them up and pick a winner. Now, get ready. It's time to find out who would win. All 
All right. Our first challenge is awesome. This is from Tyrannosaurus member Hennessy, who sends in who would win Utah Raptor versus Blue from the Jurassic World series. Wow. Wow. These are pretty evenly sized matches. They both have super weapons. Now, Blue might be smarter than a Utah Raptor, but Utah Raptor has experience. You see, a dinosaur like Blue that would be raised in, a, in a, an enclosed area, it would be fed food. It wouldn't have to hunt for its food. It would be fed food. They wouldn't let live animals go in with a dinosaur like Blue because of the possibility of being hurt. That's why at zoos, they don't throw in a live zebra with the lions and let the lions hunt because there's a chance that zebra could kick a lion in the head and kill it and they don't want to lose it. So Blue would never have the ability to practice its hunting skills. Utah Raptor, on the other hand, is born hunting. It learns from a very young age and knowing how to hunt is basically the same thing of knowing how to fight. So Utah Raptor would have an advantage over Blue because of its hunting skills. Great question. All right. Next one comes from Levi Raptor, who sends in who would win, Woolly Rhino versus Cryolophosaurus. Man, I enjoy these when they're from two different time periods. Now, I like Cryolophosaurus because it's a cool-looking dinosaur. But Cryolophosaurus is sort of lightly built. Cryolophosaurus is not a brute. It's not designed to take on big game. I think Cryolophosaurus is better suited for eating medium and small game. Woolly Rhino, now that's an animal that is built for confrontation. That nose horn is amazing. Its size is amazing. I believe, Levi, or Levi Raptor, I like your name. I believe, Levi Raptor, that the woolly rhino would literally knock Cryolophosaurus to the ground and finish him off with that gigantic long horn. A rhinoceros is a very powerful animal. It is something called a low center of gravity. And those are fancy words that means its body is kind of close to the ground and it's harder to knock them over. When you're tall, you get knocked over easier. So I'm going to give this fight to the woolly rhino because I think that would be absolutely amazing. All right. Now, uh, my Tyrannosaurus member Declan says, hi, Dinosaur George. We have a question for the next podcast. Who would win in a fight between all of the dinosaurs if they were all the same size? Whoa. Whoa. If you took every dinosaur and made them all the same size, who would win? You want to know who I think would win? I believe it would be an ankylosaur. Because they are so well protected. They could just walk through the fight, swinging their tails from side to side and knocking everybody down and wiping them out. It would look like a little lawnmower had gone through, knocking everything. Everybody would be creamed and nobody could do anything about it. So I think if you put every single dinosaur and you made them all the same size, I think that the ankylosaurs would come out on top. All right, Jameson, who would win? Tyrannosaurus versus Stegosaurus. Again, 
Love these when you're bringing animals from two different time periods. Well, one of the advantages Tyrannosaurus has, Jameson, is it's much taller than Stegosaurus. And it could stand way over the top of Stegosaurus and reach down and grab it by the back. It could crunch through those plates and grab it by the back. And the tail really wouldn't be an effective tool. Because Stegosaurus would need to get super close to Tyrannosaurus to use the tail spikes. And Tyrannosaurus is so tall, he can just lean over and grab the Stegosaurus before the Stegosaurus gets close. I don't think Stegosaurus would have any weapon that would stand up against Tyrannosaurus. That's a great question, but I think I'm going to give it to Tyrannosaurus. Good job, Jameson. Okay, let's see. Um... Okay, this is from Miss Lauren, who says, hi there. My five-year-old, as of yesterday, complete with dinosaur-themed party, obviously, wants to know who would win, Dinosuchus or T-Rex. Okay, first of all, I know you sent this to me, so your birthday was not yesterday when I'm reading this. Your birthday was yesterday when your mom sent it. And because it was your birthday... I think I'll get a baby T-Rex to sing happy birthday to you. So here we go. Now you listen to me, T-Rex. You better behave yourself this time because I'm not going to put up with this craziness. All right? Okay. All right, here we go. Happy birthday. I'm going to eat you. Happy. Are you serious? I'm a carnivore. It's what I do, baby. Don't call me baby. Well, I am so sorry about that. I thought you were going to get a happy birthday song, and all you got was a little T-Rex that says it's going to eat you. <laughs> and speaking of T-Rex, who would win, Dinosuchus or T-Rex? Good question. Well, that would depend on where the fight was. If the fight was by the water, Dinosuchus would win because it would drag T-Rex into the water, and then T-Rex is out of its element. It's just It just can't survive. It cannot it can't fight a Dinosuchus in the water. But if Dinosuchus came on land, then T-Rex would have an advantage. But I don't know if it would be enough of an advantage. The armor on Dinosuchus's back would protect him? Wow, this is a great question. I think, I actually think Dinosuchus is going to win this battle, whether it's on the land or in the water. Boy, that's a good battle, though. I liked it. But I, I, that's a great question. All right. Zach, who I call my little bro. Zach says, I got what I think is a good one for you, big bro. Siberian tiger versus the short-faced bear. Nice. Nice. Wow. Wow. Okay. So, first of all, the short-faced bear can tower over the top of the Siberian tiger standing up. But that's not an advantage. Standing tall doesn't doesn't protect you. The Siberian tiger has the speed, the agility, way faster than a short-faced bear. Now, a short-faced bear could run fast, but he's not really made for spinning around really quick. Now, short-faced bear has the power. But I believe, in my opinion, that the tiger is going to win only because it could move quicker. It could zip around, turn behind, spin around before the, before the bear could turn around fast enough. And if that tiger ever gets on his back, 
game over. Game over, because then that means he could drive his teeth into the neck of the poor short-faced bear. But boy, I would love to see that one. All right. And then uh, Eli and Sammy. Now, it's not Ellie. It's Eli. I can hardly read this. When they print these out for me, they need to increase the font size because I can hardly see without my, I don't have my reading glasses in here. I think it's Eli and Sammy. They sent in Yang Chuanosaurus versus Megalosaurus. Whoa. Whoa. All right. Megalosaurus has the size advantage. I'm almost sure. Yang Chuanosaurus. Boy, this is a pretty even match, you two. This is a very even match. Wow. Who would win this one? You guys stumped me on this one. I don't know how to pick a winner. Because these two animals are very evenly matched. I don't know how to pick a winner. So I'll flip a coin. I'll flip a coin and I'll see. Heads, it's Yang Chuanosaurus. Tails, it's Megalosaurus. Ready? Here we go. Tails, Megalosaurus. Great one, you guys. All right. My buddy Henry from New York City. Archaeopteryx versus Microraptor. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. I'm going to go with Microraptor, Henry, and let me tell you why. Its claws on its hands are much better suited for grasping and clawing, and the killing claw on its foot is much more effective than the foot of Archaeopteryx. I think Microraptor, and I even think Microraptor is bigger than Archaeopteryx. I believe it is. This would be a very fast-paced fight. I don't know if you've ever seen cats fighting or birds fighting, but they are going 100 miles an hour like a little tornado. I think this battle would be exactly that. They would be going 100 miles an hour, spinning, kicking, slashing, biting, screeching, snapping, dancing. Dancing? Uh, wait. You actually think a bunch of dinosaurs are going to dance? Let's play them a little music. Archaeopteryx and Microraptor are going to be dancing together tonight, ladies and gentlemen. So take a seat, sit back and relax, and prepare yourself as these two animals start fighting and try to eat each other. That was a great battle. Archaeopteryx versus Microraptor. I hardly ever get anybody sending me small animal battles. I like this one, Henry. Good job. And then finally, Arlo, who's from Colorado. Arlo, I was born in Colorado Springs. Did you know that? Well, you do now. Arlo says, who would win? T-Rex versus Woolly Mammoth. You got, these are such good ones, everybody. These are such good ones. These have been great this time. I like this one. T-Rex versus Woolly Mammoth. Well, Woolly Mammoth certainly has a lot of power behind him. T-Rex stands on two legs and a mammoth stands on four. That means the mammoth is more stable. What I mean by that is think if you had a, a table with only two legs and you had to balance it to make it stand up. Just a slight move either direction and the table falls over. But when you have a table that has four legs, you can't flip it over very easily. So the mammoth would have stability. He could come running in with his head down and ram Tyrannosaurus Rex. He's going to knock T-Rex to the ground. But 
T-Rex, on the other end, has those gigantic teeth, and that foot could be used to inflict an injury. If he comes running in, he could raise his foot and slash and kick with that foot. Boy, is this a good one, too. I, wow. I think I'm still going to give it to T-Rex, and let me tell you why, Arlo. Because T-Rex is made for eating things that are as big as a woolly mammoth. It's designed to eat that kind of thing. And if it can eat that kind of thing, then it certainly knows how to hold its own in a fight. So I believe that in this case, Tyrannosaurus Rex is going to be having mammoth burgers for dinner. That's what I think. That's what I believe. All right, you guys, I hope that you all enjoyed today's podcast. The next podcast is going to be Triceratops. I'm going to try to put some interviews with our uh, pa- with our Patreon T-Rex members. I hope that you guys will think about joining the Patreon club because it helps me a bunch and you get a lot of cool stuff with it. I hope you'll go to the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group and join it and post your pictures. I want to see your pictures of ankylosaurs or your pictures of your ankylosaur toys or anything that you draw. If you draw a picture, I want to see babies under the ankylosaurus where mom or dad is protecting them. Until next time, be kind to everybody, use good manners, and practice your reading. A good reader and a person with good manners makes the best scientist. So, my future paleontologists, until next time, take care, everybody, and I look forward to this next one coming up soon. Thank you for listening to Dinosaur George Kids. Join the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group, become a member of our Patreon club, and check out our website store for cool fossils, rocks, and crystals. Visit dinosaurgeorge.com for details. Until next time... Keep digging for knowledge.